concerning this practice that we're engaging with. All of us wish to get results from it. And what we want is peace and coolness in our hearts. At the beginning, if we haven't trained ourselves in the way of cultivating our minds, then our minds will naturally be very scattered and chaotic. They'll just be feelings of self, of ego, of me and mine. Sometimes there'll be a lot of fear that comes up in the heart. We may be afraid of old age, afraid of sickness, afraid of death, or have fear over being separated from the things that we love and the things that give us pleasure. At times there may be feelings of great anger or hatred that come up very strong, like fire in the heart. Maybe we'll have a lot of ill will and we'll even want to hurt people. And this is what happens when this tosa or anger, hatred uh, comes and envelops our hearts. And if it's very strong, then it's difficult to maintain uh, collectedness or maintain our, our um, control over our body and over our speech. There'll just be this feeling of ego of me and mine. And that's what happens when these mental defilements come up at full strength. Another one of these is greed. And so when this comes up strong, then there'll just be a feeling of wanting to have things, wanting to be something, wanting to get something. So all of these things cause us pain, cause us suffering. And if we don't know a path out of it, then that's a lot of uh, torment for us. All there will be is uh, just these kilesas there. But at the very least, we're fortunate that these mental defilements, they're also of the nature to arise, last for a while and pass away. So whether it's greed, hatred and delusion, it doesn't stay forever. And so we do get some space. There's some space to breathe all the same. And we can still get to sleep. But even then, they'll haunt us in our dreams. And maybe we'll dream about a person chasing after us and killing us. And this is what happens when the mind is devoid of loving kindness and compassion. So therefore, we need to train our minds and train ourselves to see the drawbacks of these defilements and to realize the benefits of the training. A very important way to, to begin on this training is the practice of morality and having moral standards. So the keeping of the five precepts is a very important thing to do. And also to give up, to sacrifice, to, to give away and share our possessions and create goodness in that way. We can give to society or we can make offerings to the religion as well, to the Buddha Sasana. At this present time, 
society is in a very bad state. There's a lot of pain, a lot of difficulty that's going on. And so it's good for us to, to sacrifice and to give in line with our means, but also to give in a way that doesn't afflict us as well. We give just in order to give. We give to, to relinquish, to relinquish the greed that's there in our hearts. When we give in this way, then we're actually getting something, but what we get in return is inner wealth. We see that our external wealth is something that's not sure and something that won't last. And we understand that when we give that away, when we're generous, then what we gain is happiness. We don't think that we'll give just to get something back, but we do it out of kindness, out of compassion, because we see other people suffering and we want to help them. We can also help out the monks and make donations to, to the monastery, but we do this in line with our means. The monks uh, are those who follow the Buddha's teachings and also the vinaya that the Buddha laid down, the monastic rules. And when they do this with sincerity and they really train themselves, then they'll be able to, to gain insight into the Buddha's teachings and then in turn teach the laity. And so if we help to support this, then what we're doing is allowing the Buddhasasana, this religion, to last for a long time. We should try to maintain restraint over our bodies, speech, and mind, because we see the, the harm and the, the pain that arises from having a mind that's really scattered and out of control. So we can ask ourselves, well, if this mind is really mine, then why can't I control it? If I don't want it to think, I don't want it to be all scattered and all over the place, why can't I just tell it to stop? This question arises and we want an answer. And the answer is that because it's because we haven't trained our minds. So the Buddha taught that the mind that is well-trained will bring us happiness. And if we don't train our mind, then whenever the defilements arise, then our minds will just chase after any moods or emotions that come up. It will constantly be running around after them. Because we understand that, we, that these things are me, that they're mine. And so we, we follow after them. So therefore, we do need to train ourselves, to train our minds. We can ask, what is this mind? What is its nature? And the mind is the knowing element. It's an element which knows the things that contact it, that knows the aramanas. If when we receive these sense contacts and emotions, our mind goes and attaches to them, then we don't have any freedom. There's no space, there's no ease there. So we need to train ourselves. 
if we don't train ourselves, then whenever a feeling of greed or hatred arises, we'll just run after it and constantly be dragged around by it. We'll go and attach to these things, considering them to be me, considering me to be the owner of them, and we'll forget all about the matters of old age, sickness and death. So we need to, to train these minds because we see that they're very fast and they're very tricky. When we train them in order to uh, develop samadhi, develop the mind that's collected and stable, um, we'll find that at the beginning it can be very difficult to do. We can put in a lot of effort and at, at the start it's very difficult, but as we carry on with that, then we'll be able to get there. We have to understand that it's difficult now because we haven't put in that, that intention to train ourselves. But over time, we'll be able to do it. And we'll be able to meet with the joy and the ease that uh, comes from a mind that is collected. So we should put in our effort in this way. And also understand that people's previous uh, spiritual accumulations um, differ. We're not all the same in this matter. Some people are very sincere in their efforts and they really try to uh, try hard at, at training themselves in the, this uh, method of, of samadhi. They have very good uh, conduct and they, they do things the way that they're supposed to be done. And they're very intent in this way. Other people, they, they try a bit and then they just kind of give up a bit and then they go back and try it again and then give up again. And if it's like this, then we don't really know the path of practice well. And it shows that we don't really hold to a teacher. So it's really important to find a good leader, someone who has a lot of experience, who who knows about the heart and the mind and the method of training the mind. And if they know this path of practice well, then they're not gonna take us to get lost. So training with Akruba Ajahn, one of these teachers who is awakened, it's very important. And so uh, Tanajan going to to train with Venerable Ajahn Chah. So that he, he followed uh, Ajahn Chah and depended on him, followed his instructions as best he could. And he gained a lot from it. He'd already seen and known the changing nature of phenomena and how things are, are uncertain. And then from this insight, there was a, an experience of emptiness of mind and a, a deep joy that lasted three days and three nights. And he wanted to get that back. So he put effort into the practice. And as he practiced in line with uh, his teacher's instructions, then eventually he was able to get that state back. And it was even stronger this time. The, the joy of the heart lasted for many months. But this too is impermanence. It too has to change. So some people have a lot of work to do and um, they should 
and and they they then wonder why it is that before they were able to to get the mind into a very peaceful and joyous state but now they're not able to do it anymore we can think that it's because we have this work to do but really we need to see that and contemplate that these states are impermanent and that what we need to do is put in more effort and we need to to train ourselves further even though now the mind may be very scattered if we carry on practicing then we will experience an inner coolness and this is the coolness of the mind that's gathered together as our samadhi deepens then there'll be a joy that arises through a feeling of emptiness we'll see into the nature of conditions the nature of physical things and mental things and then through this insight we'll experience liberation and we'll have gained knowledge and so just like for for tanajan he he had this experience and so he he saw the sun rise and then the minds said well the sun rises in the east and sets in the west but his mind then immediately answered that that's not the case that's not how it happens the mind doesn't rise it doesn't fall the, the sun doesn't rise the sun doesn't fall it's just the world spinning around so this was a knowledge that arose in the mind but it wasn't a knowledge that came through science it was an inner knowing and knowing that really there's no day there's no night there's no male there's no female these are all just conventions suppositions that we create all the names that we give to things are just things that we suppose into being there's no reality there so there's no self there's no being there's no me or other and seeing into this is clear knowing insight vipassana and when we gain this deep knowledge then we know the dhamma so we should try at the beginning we may put in our efforts through sacrificing and get the idea that it's just a small thing this is just a small matter but we shouldn't see it like that it has a lot of benefit and it's an important thing to do we may get the feeling that what's the point of just keeping our wealth and getting more and more wealth why do it because that wealth it doesn't last long it's not going to be with us forever so surely then it would be better to to give some of that away to make merit to to sacrifice to benefit others through it when we when we practice in this way then we'll be practicing in a way that uh comes through understanding through knowing clearly the nature of of our wealth we develop this even further and an important way of doing that is through developing our virtue uh, in our actions our morality and so we have to have a lot of patience and endurance especially if many negative emotions come up in our mind if there's greed hatred and delusion that come up strong then we have to really endure with that and collect our minds 
So this quality of patient endurance, of kanti, it's the hallmark of a monk. But it's also possible for lay people to, to be monks as well, for their hearts to be monks. So we train ourselves like this. We train ourselves to, to have morality and uh, control over our actions of body and speech and to have mindfulness there and to try to get the mind into a collected state. At the beginning, it's difficult to do this, but we need to endure and, and carry on practicing. And then eventually we'll get more control over our minds. As we have better say over what happens, then it's easier for our minds to experience a, a state of peace. Through this peace, then wisdom is able to arise. And it's not difficult for that to happen when our minds are calm and peaceful. We'll look into these bodies and we'll see that they're just empty. We'll see that the world is all empty and everything contained in the world is emptiness. We won't have any attachment there in our heart. And this is us experiencing a deeper level of Dhamma. So we should all try and be firm in our intent in this practice. <laughs>